And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm out, baby. I'm on vacation. So don't hit me. Don't hit my assistant because she on vacation. And I'm about to do rich So if you don't like that, unfollow me. Don't worry about it. But I'm out. <laughs> Bye. Hanukkah and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. Network. Monday, December 19th, 2022. I'm JD Skeets here in the yard and alongside me, thanks to the power of technology, Tass Millis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. There he is. And filling in for JD all week long, live from Toronto. We think he's in the background. Oh, there he is. He's on camera. It's Jerome. What's up, Jerome? Not much. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Great, great, great. Happy to get through this week and get to our holiday. <laughs> Look at this. This guy's creating custom cold opens. JD leaves for a week and Jerome steps in with the custom JD we're gonna on try holiday. To, we're going to try to check in with JD. Hopefully he'll send us a couple of clips to see how we're doing. And, and if we get that, uh, I think we got a few more cold opens along the way to see how <laughs> JD's doing on his trip. God, I can't wait. Yes, JD hopping around Europe with his family for the Christmas holidays, and uh, Trey, not in Europe, he's in Chicago. I mean, it's basically one and the same. Uh, he's back with his family. I think he uh, drove up there yesterday, the long drive from Atlanta. So just Tass and I here to break down the NBA all week long. Of course, Jerome can chime in whenever he wants. Shout out to the stream team. Fingers crossed, we're live on YouTube right now. I think things are good. Comment away, like the video, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Send in your questions and comments to no dunks at theathletic.com. You can tweet them in at no dunks inc. I assume tasks with only two of us. We got to hit the beach at some point, right? Especially getting cold weather here in Atlanta. Hit the beach. Yeah, for sure. I hope so. Uh, I hope my Wi-Fi uh, stays strong here through the uh, through this week. Because so far today, I heard Jerome talk about JD there, but then you guys were gone for a good 20 seconds. I don't Uh-oh. know what you were chatting about. But either way, it's like a normal show. I'll just chime in when I chime in here. <laughs> okay. I mean, you're coming in crystal clear right now, but yeah, you never know with the yard. I feel like they've made some upgrades, but it all comes down to the uh, to the Wi-Fi capability. Though you said you're hardwired in too, so I don't know what's going on on your end. Of course, I'm hardwired in. I'm a professional, she but uh, my hardwire is not working. So we'll <laughs> see what happens. We'll see what happens as we go along here. All right. Well, we got a, a merch alert. Yes, new merch available over at nodunks.com. 
Uh, dare, I, I want to say just in time for the holidays, but damn, we're cutting it close. <laughs> just in time for 23. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A limited edition Christmas wedgie t-shirt. Look at the front and back there, Tass. Got the little ornament instead of the ball wedged in to the rim in the backboard. Some holiday lights around the backboard and like that little snow cap on the back of the, uh, the shirt on the uh, no of no dunks. I mean, that's good stuff here for breaking tea. So this is available until the end of 22. So you've got, uh, what, 11 or 12 days here to go grab this one. Great description there, Skeets. I like the breakdown uh, of that entire shirt. Yeah, it's a little late for Xmas, but uh, just in time for Kwanzaa, perhaps. It's going to be tight. It's going to be tight. Yeah, and when's uh, Armenian Christmas? Is like uh, January 6th or something, 5th or 6th, right? It- well, yeah, others others call it different Christmases. Armenians sure. also celebrate it. Yeah, it's a, the old calendar Orthodox Christmas. It's our annual question. When is it? Is it the 6th? Is it the 7th? Some cultures do it the 6th. Some do it the 7th. I don't know. Yeah. Some uh, just get yeah. I, I'm taking those days off as uh, as I said last week. The Greeks take it off. No, I won't. I won't. I'm powering through. I celebrate it on the 25th, like we all should. I <laughs> there think. you go. There you go. Well, hey, I can guarantee you that if you want that new limited edition Christmas wedgie shirt by Armenian Christmas or whatever <laughs> you want to call that Christmas there in January, you can get it in time. I, I will almost guarantee you that. At least nice. if you're in North America. I don't know about international, you know? Sometimes it's a little longer. Uh, anyway, also got one more gift idea for you, especially it's like last minute, and you can get this one instantaneously, and that is giving the sports fan in your life the best newsroom in sports. I'm talking about an athletic subscription. You can go to theathletic.com slash nodunk so they know that we sent you. It's like $1.99 a month. You can get your different, you know, packages, three months, six months, up to a year, and then gift that to somebody, a sports fan in your life on Christmas Day or whatever you're celebrating. Oh, Bob's your uncle. So go take advantage of that deal. All right. Before we get into the winners and losers of the NBA weekend, and there are a lot of them, we had a wedgie. Another weekend with a wedgie, which is fantastic because we're selling another wedgie shirt. And this one, Tass, in overtime, down one, Kemba Walker, who had a monster game against the Cavs, sticks the wedgie with less than 13 seconds to go in the overtime period. This will be in the running, I believe, for wedgie of the year. Pretty neat from Kemba Walker to come back here and stick one, a rare overtime wedgie, number one. Number two, coming from Kemba Walker, who has one of the rarest of wedgies, a free throw wedgie in years past when he was with the Charlotte Hornets way back when he hit a free throw wedgie on a technical free throw. So he's got some rare wedgies in his bag, uh, and it's great to see Kemba come back, a 30-plus point game uh, that we'll discuss a little later on. So that is wedgie number 19. Everybody can go check it out at wedgietracker.com, and hopefully we get some more this week. And mm. then you know, you know we're fingers crossed for a wedgie on Christmas Day like we had last year. I believe it was, uh, I want to say it was Alec Burks that got the Christmas wedgie last year. Uh, in that Knicks game. I'm pretty sure uh, Pretty sure that happened. Um, okay, Tass, winners of the NBA weekend. My God, we got a lot of hot teams in the league right now. We had some killer performances. Where do you want to start? Who's your big winner of the weekend? It was a great weekend for basketball. Obviously, the ridiculous uh, Jokic line that we'll get to, he snuck in there on Sunday night. A 40, 27, and 10, what? But I, I think because there's so much going on with the World Cup that just finished, congrats, Argentina, uh, with uh, all these bowl games happening, 
we had an incredible performance on Saturday night. I think fly under the radar a little bit. And we've got a real rivalry between the Pelicans and the Suns that's happened pretty organically. It started last year in the playoffs, and then the Pelicans beat them twice last weekend, sealed with a kiss by Zion Williamson's 360 windmill dunk when there was no need for a shot there as the shot clock was off, and everybody pissed off about it. But then Devin Booker this weekend, in the fourth matchup between the Pelicans and the Suns this weekend, it looked dire uh, for the Suns here. They're down 24 points in the middle of the third quarter. They're down 83-59. Devin Booker, this is literally a put-your-team-on-your-back type of performance. He dragged them back in this game. I don't know if you're watching Saturday Night Skeets. There's so much mm-hmm. going on. Uh, but he had 20 in the third quarter and then 16 in the fourth quarter to finish with 58 points on 35 shots. He saw his team was down. He could have easily had 60 uh, if his if he could hit some free throws, but he had everybody on him. And, and we're talking about really good defenders here in yeah. Herb Jones and Trey Murphy. Uh, even Dyson Daniels got a turn. Jose Alvarado, obviously a little too small. That's when Devin Booker pulled out the too small. Everybody trying to go at Devin Booker, but this team desperately needs him because of no Aiton in this game. Jay Crowder has been out, obviously. Cam Johnson, his replacement, has been out. CP3 is not himself. If this team is going to get to the same level as they were last year, especially because I think CP3, even though he he chipped in this weekend, he's not himself, it's got to be Devin Booker elevating his game. And this truly was a, hey, I'm a superstar, and going up against another superstar where Zion Williamson had 18 in the fourth quarter himself uh, because the Suns, as great a defense that that they have, they couldn't stop Zion Williamson. Uh, So this was just a phenomenal, quiet game, sort of, between two rivals uh, that ended with Devin Booker scoring 58 stinking points, six threes, and uh, if he hits some of those free throws, he was 10 to 15 from the line, he has a 60 mark, and maybe that gets some more headlines on a, a very busy weekend in sports. But it's pretty cool. These two teams have played already four times, so they're done with their season series. But the Suns are 18 and 12, the Pels are 18 and 11, and they're just back, you know, barely back of the Memphis Grizzlies in the West. But a true rivalry, a real rivalry that's been born just out of a playoff series, really. So it's it's pretty neat how this is developing. Yeah, a, a playoff series. And then, of course, like you said, what's happened over the last couple of games with the uh, breaking of uh, unwritten rules. I don't know what rivalry is better right now, the Suns and Pelicans or Tass versus his Wi-Fi connection slash hardwired uh, computer here because he is gone once again. But uh, I'm glad we're starting with Booker there because I think Tass made a good point as we try and get him back that uh, there was so much going on. The guy drops 58 and it's like, very easily lost to a lot of people. Uh, at least it could have been. But my God, I, I, I'm just more upset that these teams are done playing for the regular season already. Like, what? You know, it's December 19th. They played four times. That's it. They hate each other. But we got to hope that they somehow meet now in a playoff series as uh, we welcome Tassie back in here. Um, I was just saying I'm pissed that they're done, their regular season series. And yeah. that we now just got to, like, pray they meet in a in a first round or a second round series, because I think it is like right now for this season, it's the best rivalry in the NBA between these two teams. Agreed. And uh, the, the Pels, uh, I think have some things to clean up uh, a little bit, even though, you know, they spent some time in first in the, uh, in the West. I think they know that they could just focus on some things like getting back on 
defense <laughs> when there's transition happening. They're, they're 20th in allowing points off turnovers. And in this one, uh, the Suns had 10 offensive rebounds in that game on Saturday night. And they're surprisingly, the Pels are, are 17th in defensive, defensive rebounding per, percentage. So when Jonas goes off the floor and they're relying on Larry Nance, uh, and Zion, uh, they, they don't grab the boards that they should. So they're sort of middle of the pack and, and can be better on defense. But uh, you're right. It, it's kind of stinky that we don't see them the rest of the season. They're all done in, in December here. Um, but, you know, it's like uh, it feels like Zion's going to develop rivalries with every team in this league because he's so damn good and everybody's going to try and stop him and they can't. Uh, and even the Suns were having trouble. So I don't know. It's like it's the Zion coming out party here and – it should be fun the rest of the way. I wish there was a way. I know it's impossible. I mean, the schedule makers already have what feels like an impossible task of like fitting all these games in, trying to like reduce back to backs and like, you know, not too hard of schedules where you're on the road for like 15, 10, 16 days. But I would love if we could do this thing task where it's like we play the first month or whatever, month and a half, and like we keep Christmas open, like the five games on Christmas Day, like somehow open. That we could then have like the league, and I don't know if fans are voting too, whatever, but it's like we could slot like the five games in for the unofficial start of the NBA season to get as many eyeballs on the game and have these rivalry games and just have these marquee matchups. And it's like, oh, this team's hot. This would be awesome if they're taking on this team. That would be so cool if we could somehow do that, like to make Suns Pelicans the eight o'clock start on Christmas Day. But, you know, that's never happening. But man, I can dream, you know. That's what I'm asking that's for. Christmas. Pretty, uh, that's that's pretty smart. I don't see why not. <laughs> I, I understand you can't because you promote it, uh, and uh, but right. still, but still, um, and, and you you see actually all of the uh, all the promotional materials that the, the ads for Christmas Day start with Golden State Memphis, and Steph Curry is out, and he won't be playing. Yeah. They need a Jerome who's as nimble as bringing in a, a JD-type cold open to, to change it just on the fly. I don't mm. see what the what the deal is. It's like, I understand it, it would suck for the players big time if they you know if their yeah. schedule changes a week before. But it's part of the gig. And uh, I, I hear what you're saying. It would be great to see that game over Memphis-Golden State, unfortunately, yeah. with what's happened. All right, let's keep it going here. Um, I'm going to give winners of the weekend to both teams in New York. Uh, I, I can't believe it. Let's start with the Brooklyn Nets. On Friday night, Kyrie hit his first game-winning buzzer beater of his career versus the Toronto Raptors. That caught me by surprise. Surprising, like, yeah. What? His first game-winning buzzer beater? But it is true. Huge, dirty, cold-blooded step-back three on the Raptors. They win 119-116. Kyrie was awesome in the fourth quarter, 15 of his 32. I thought Nick Claxton... Uh, was awesome in this game for the Nets. Now, a part of that is because they're going against the Raptors, who don't have a defensive center. And Claxton, 15-10, six blocks. So he was doing work inside. So we'll get the win against the Raptors. We'll get to them later in Losers of the Weekend, unfortunately. But then, on Sunday, Kevin Durant took over. He scored 26 points in the third quarter. That was a career high for most points he's ever had in a quarter. So a bunch of weird firsts here from these superstars on the Nets. He finished with 43 as the Nets sort of scraped by the Pistons, 124-121. They were down 19 points. Looked like the winning streak was going to be snapped. Instead, they earned their sixth straight victory. And there they are, Tass. The Brooklyn Nets, you know, sort of comfortably, I want to call it, in fourth in the East. They're a game back of Cleveland. Three games back of the Bucks Celtics at the uh, number one spot in the East. 
And, you know, the more we see them play and the less we hear from them for a bunch of other reasons, uh, the more you can convince yourself like, oh my God, this team, I wouldn't want to try and have to beat them four times in a playoff series. I don't want to talk about them skates, but it's hard to not talk about them with what they're doing out there. They're getting complete team performance. Uh, they they really do buckle down on the defensive end, which is is kind of surprising. They are playing like a unit. Uh, it, it is weird to see them, all five guys on a string, and then they, they bring the ball up, and they have their three-point shooters uh, in the corner, Utah the Shootah in the corner, and others just doing their job. Yeah, they, they look like a ball club. Yeah. <laughs> they look oh really great. Obviously, the schedule has helped out a little bit, but uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, Claxton was big. Um, yeah, they've hit their stride. And very painful for Raptors fans to have Yuta Watanabe you know, dropping threes on their head, too, in that first game there on Friday night. Also, KD, just a quick note, he passed John Havlicek and Paul Pierce on the NBA's all-time scoring list. So Kevin Durant is 16th all-time in points scored in the NBA. And he's going to pass Tim Duncan here in, like, I don't know, the way KD's scoring, he's going to pass him in possibly two games, almost guaranteed three games. So KD will be up to uh, 15th by... Uh, by the end of the week here, probably Tass. Crazy. Yeah. I don't know what was more surprising when I saw that. That Paul Pierce scored that many points. Yeah. I don't know. It just kind of, just kind of that, that also, there's an underappreciation for Paul Pierce just because he was so good, but not ridiculously exceptional at anything. But also, uh, the, the Kevin Durant, just the mum on Durant that we just don't talk about him a ton, right? Yeah. Uh, seemingly, that's how it works. Yeah. The Paul Pierce, you're right. I agree with that. It was like, what? I mean, he's that high. And I think a part of it is like Paul Pierce was never the best player in the league. You know, he was yeah. he was probably top five at his peak, uh, you know, at least top 10 for sure. Uh, but he was never the best. Paul Pierce never had a year where he, everybody was like, yep, it's Paul Pierce's year. Like, of course, mm -hmm. he never won an MVP and just was never really in that discussion. But he just racked up all these points over a very long career. And uh, Katie will pass him or just pass him, excuse me. And Tim Duncan uh, is next. OK, let's get to the Knicks, though. One of the other teams uh, on a winning streak here. Two more wins, both on the road for the Knicks over the weekend. They crushed the Bulls on Friday night. Oh, my God. Who's worse, the Bulls or Raptors right now? It is. Yeah, quite, it's a great a fight. Can't oh. wait to talk more about the Raptors next segment. How fun. Oh, boy. Uh, and then the Knicks. This was a really impressive win, I thought. They rallied to beat the Pacers 109-106 uh, on Sunday. This is yesterday. That's their seventh straight victory. So one of the hottest teams in the league. Randall, 25 and 14 in that game. He hit six free throws in the final minute. He was money at the line to get the win. RJ Barrett, he struggled from deep. Uh, I don't believe he hit a three, but he still finished with 24 points. He's on a nice little sneaky run right now. He's averaging 25 and six over his last five games. You know, we know him as a scorer. Maybe he doesn't do a whole lot else, but he's playing his part. He's hitting enough shots. And then Jalen Brunson. Oh my God. I love this guy. He's got the dog in him. It's such a, like, I can't believe some of the takes people had when the Knicks signed this guy during the offseason. It made me question whether these people even watched Jalen Brunson and sort of like, are you really watching the NBA? Do you know how important it is to have just a stable point guard that can actually score for you? And it's just like a rock. And this guy, 30 points. And really, Randall gets a lot of credit for that stat line yesterday and the free throws, no doubt. And I thought he played really like scrappy defense too. But the comeback started with Brunson. I was watching this game on Sunday. They're down six points. Not a whole lot of time left. Brunson hit a three, and then immediately after got a great steal and a layup in transition, and that's five points, and just like that, it's only like one-point game. He did it in 24 seconds, and it gave themselves a chance to win it, and they did. So 
this rotation that Tibbs has found, Tass, and you talked about Grimes has got to play, Grimes has got to play. Well, it's those three guys, Randall, Brunson, and RJ, obviously your scorers for the most part, and then it's two defensive guys. It's Grimes, 30 to 35 minutes a game, and then it's, and it's Mitchell Robinson, 30 to 35 minutes a game. Mitchell Robinson's actually playing, knock on wood. You know, he's has a, he has a stretch here where he's playing and giving them exactly what he needs. You know, then quickly comes off the bench and like they get a couple more contributions. That's the lineup. Three scores, two defensive guys, and then a little bit from your bench. And they're playing defense to win these games. Yeah, and there's even some balance on the bench when they come in with that the old defense offense. You got quickly mm-hmm. and Deuce McBride coming in as the the backcourt and uh, Deuce McBride, great article from Fred Katz about him and how he goes up against Quentin Grimes one-on-one uh, in practice to to work on their defense. And uh, it is wild uh, to think about where they were when they were 10 and 13. They were 26th in defense. Uh, and now they're 8th. Uh, what, what a climb on the seven-game win streak because Tibbs has committed to playing young guys uh, and, and a guy like Grimes – who doesn't need shots? Yeah. Uh, they're nine and five when he starts games. I think he really helps out, hits big threes, just waits for others to create. And Randall has been so good. And, and, and the point about RJ Barrett doing it quietly uh, is a good one because when Randall takes on the pressure and Brunson takes on the pressure like he was going to do when he signed that contract because he's Jalen Brunson uh, and, and he proved that when he was with the Mavs, the pressure's off RJ Barrett uh, mm-hmm. when those guys are going really well. And then yeah, they're, when they're playing D like that um, with the starters, and, and I say uh, McBride is their defensive guard, but quickly, or off the bench, I should say, he's their defensive guard off the bench. It's true, but quickly has also been scrapping. They, mm-hmm. They're all sort of fighting, even without Obi Toppin in the lineup. Uh, they're, they, found, they found a rotation, and, and Tibbs can't mess this one up. He can't bring back Evan Fournier, can't bring back Kevin, Cam Reddish, can't bring back uh, Derrick Rose. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they're... You know, like we've uh, talked about the Nets, um, they just found their the right lineup here. It, it is true. Sometimes it takes, you know, 20 games. Uh, yep. But, yeah, 23 games in, bang, here they are, seven-game streak. I mean, it's really just hold your breath that Mitchell Robinson keeps playing, though, too, because this happens all the time with this guy. Everybody gets excited. He's contributing. They're winning because they're playing defense because you've got him back there. And then he, he just, like AD, which we'll get to, I mean, this guy just is, like, injury-prone. He, like, will always go down with a rolled ankle or something with a knee or something. It just like happens all the time. So, you know, Knicks fans are praying that it doesn't. Their next four games, by the way, they got the Warriors, the Raptors, the Bulls, and then the Sixers on Christmas Day, the Knicks do. All at home, all in MSG there. So I think it's unlikely, I don't know, those are not great teams, especially the Warriors on the road. So I guess they could have a 10-game win streak heading into the Christmas Day game versus the Sixers. It's possible. It's totally true. Uh, they have taken advantage of some some easier games, um, but uh, yeah, they're they're hanging on. And uh, even the last night against the Pacers, they they, they fought back. Um, yeah, they they've shown some resilience, just like my Wi-Fi is showing resilience here, just like Mitchell Robinson is Don't showing resilience. It. Well, yeah, it's it's an odd thing to be hanging on with this Wi-Fi. I believe in this Wi-Fi. I've got fiber running through the dirt around my house, trying to fortify my, my Wi-Fi. But uh, I think even even though uh, you bring up Mitchell Robinson um, uh, hanging on, I think they've done pretty well with the Jericho Sims, bringing him into the rotation too as a, as a backup pick. So mm-hmm. it feels like, you know, we'll get to Anthony Davis a little later on. 
feels inevitable AD goes down. Feels inevitable Mitchell Robinson will go down. I think they're you know happy with Jericho Sims and Isaiah Hartenstein coming in to, to fill that void and Obi Toppin coming back too. So you're right. They could be uh, streaking. Um, they're playing D. They're, it's a Tibbs team all of a sudden. Yeah, well, the Knicks winning a bunch of games in a row, the Nets winning a bunch of games in a row, and I know your next winner, uh, arguably the hottest team in the league that no one saw coming, uh, the Orlando Magic, who also can't lose. Yes, it's odd. Um, but to, to start this, I'll start it with a Fultz, a Boncaro, and two Wagners with their bull bull walk into a bar. And this go. is what happens. That's a, what a lousy joke to start. But uh, it's just I like mentioning those names off the top because those are their starters. Markel Fultz is back, baby. Paolo Boncaro, their star. And the two bros, Mo Wagner and Franz Wagner, along with Bull Bull. They're a huge team. They've won six in a row. Uh, they beat the Celtics twice this weekend. The Boston Celtics. They go into Boston and win twice. They are 1-11 on the road coming mm-hmm. into this weekend. 1-11. and Then they beat the Celtics twice in Boston. Now, Friday, uh, the Celtics... Working Rob Williams back into the lineup, uh, he he comes back. He makes his debut on Friday. Part of that is why I think they shot so poorly, just trying to figure things out with Rob Williams. But also the Magic's length, uh, they are huge, and the Celtics shot forty six threes. I think partly because of that length. That's a lot of threes. They only hit eleven of them, um, with you know seven two bull bull out there. Mo at six eleven, Boncaro at six ten, Franz is there. Their smallest of the four at 6'9". He's their, their shooting guard out there, along with Markel Fultz, who's 6'3". Uh, but they, they they play hard. Uh, those guys aren't, you know, an incredible amount. Of, there aren't a, is an incredible amount of playmaking amongst those five, but they can be pests, and they can force you to shoot threes. And through their win streak here, uh, they've got a top five defense. Um, so uh, six games, fifth best defense, because they've found a, a little bit of a rotation, and they know how to piss people off, even Al Horford. Al Horford got tossed for hitting Mo Wagner below the belt on Friday because Mo Wagner can be a pest. Uh, so then we go into uh, Sunday, you know, throw that one out. Let's see what happens on Sunday. Well, Jason Tatum sits, and again, the Celtics shoot a ton of threes, 47 threes, and only hit 12 of them. So a little bit cold. Again, the Rob Williams thing is a part of it, but both games shooting between 25, 20 and 25% from three. Goes down to the wire. And again, not a lot of creation in their starting lineup or from their bench, frankly, besides Paolo Boncaro. So 30 seconds left, up one. They go to Boncaro, who can create for himself. He's so good. Throws his huge body into a defender and is nimble enough as he drives to stop, get the footwork down, and put up a shot. He missed the shot. Uh, but this team is so scrappy. The smallest guy on the floor for the Magic, Markel Fultz, grabs the rebound. And with 15 seconds left, they get an extra possession. They seal it at the line. And Boncaro, the star, uh, to go along with those guys, had 31, six mm-hmm. threes himself. Uh, they are six and four with Markel Fultz since he's returned. <laughs> and obviously, uh, the run is the huge part of it. They started 0 and 4 uh, with Markel Fultz, but have gone six straight. And uh, just, just a team that's really scrapping. And I keep on saying that they don't have a lot of shot creation. Cole Anthony, Terrence Ross, Mo Bamba, Kevon Harris, Admiral Schofield. Yes, sir. Admiral Schofield hit three threes off the bench on Sunday. Uh, but I, I keep bringing that up because outside of Boncaro, I don't see this offense scoring enough to, to really you know be a, anywhere close to a, a playoff team. But uh, 
Ham and Franz really are the guys that they rely on, and uh, they, they need a little bit more shot creation around them. But they scrap, they fight, and as the Celtics found out, uh, you can't just expect to win and, and beat this team. So the Magic, absolutely rolling. Yeah. No, they look so, they're, they're fun to watch, too. And uh, you can see why a lot of people were like in the preseason picking the Magic to be like, ooh, maybe they're a sneaky play-in team. You know, maybe one of these really bad teams that can like surprise some people. And, uh, you know, it started okay. We were very impressed with Paolo. And then, yeah, some injuries hit them. They didn't have a lot of guard play. This is a big part, right? Fultz is back, Cole Anthony back, obviously Paolo. And so there is a little more creation, a little more shooting to go with all this height, mobile and all these guys. Um, so it's nice to see them string some wins here together. And you're right. Uh, there's no easy wins in this league, it feels like, anymore. I did see a fun, fun tweet that we could turn into a little trivia time here, Tass. The last <laughs> time Orlando had a winning streak that was longer, who were the starters for the Magic? This is from Tim Reynolds I saw on Twitter. Wow, I don't even get the year. I just got to say... No, I don't. I, don't, I mean, just think of the, uh, the well, Magic it was, sort of... Yeah, I so mean, the yeah. Dwight, Turgaloo. Yep. yep. Jameer Nelson. Yep. Can you name Court, the other two Court starters? Neely. No, he wasn't at least for this part, for this this answer. Uh, J.J. Redick. He's off the bench. Uh, Richard Lewis. No. Oh, this is a These are tough. Uh, you don't think of this guy as a... You think of this guy as a Warriors player before a Magic player. He won a dunk contest. One Jason of the Richardson? Jason Richardson, yep. Started in oh, that so game. Oh, so this was early. So this and is then, uh, And one more. I mean, maybe oh, Trey's out on the water fishing for one of these. Brandon Bass. Brandon Bass. Wow. Yeah. That was the last time Orlando had a longer winning streak. Yeah, those are the starters. Dwight, Turkaloo, Jason Richardson, Jameer, and Brandon Bass. JJ off the bench. Ryan Anderson off the bench. And Gilbert off the bench. Gilbert? Yeah. Well, you forget about him as a, yes, a magic player. Yes, so it must have been 08, 09, I guess. It could anyway. be right. Yeah, he didn't include the year, and I wasn't going to go check. Uh, <laughs> a couple other winners here. We got to get to the Joker. Jokic was one of the dumbest looking box scores you're ever going to see. Uh, 40 points on Sunday, career high 27 rebounds in yet another triple double to help the Nuggets beat the Hornets 119, 115. They needed all of it to get by Charlotte. He is just the third player in NBA history to record at least 40 points, 25 boards, and 10 assists in a game, joining Wilt, who did it four times, and Eldon Baylor, who also did it. 40, 27, and 10 there, Tass. Um, I mean, Wilt's the only other person to put up a stat line like that. And here's Jokic doing it. <laughs> stupid. It is stupid. Um, yeah, the Hornets, they need a big... Uh, yeah, yeah. They need they need a, a a Thomas Bryant stopper. Thomas Bryant did a good job against Jokic on Friday night. We'll get to the Lakers, uh, but uh, Sunday, yeah, that was that's uh, Jokic obviously doing whatever he wants against a, a tiny front line. It's it's cool because it doesn't even feel like he actually was was trying to do that. He wasn't forcing anything. He's just mm -hmm. that good. Yeah, he had the uh, as a lot of people are pointing out in the stream team. He had a big beef. At the half, which was really weird because I saw that he was credited for 20 rebounds at the half. Then I also saw 21 rebounds at the half, but it didn't matter. It was a whole bunch. Uh, slowed down on the glass in the second half, but really uh, sort of focused more on scoring to get his team the victory. In the past three games, Jokic has recorded a combined 108 points, 52 rebounds, 26 assists, and 11 steals in three games. And uh, I saw Schumann tweeting, 
that he just ordered a big old bucket of beer at the MVP table. Because he's not, I mean, he hasn't gotten up in three years, Tass. Like, he, I don't know when he's going to break the seal. I tweeted, I like, does he ever piss? Like, was he got a catheter? Like, what's going on? Peeing in the bucket under the table? He never has gotten up from the MVP table. Yeah, and it's fun in the Western Conference because they can make a run at the one seed. It, it sounds crazy, but uh, he could, uh, yeah, he could pull up a throne, pull up his horse to the MVP table. He doesn't got to go anywhere. Uh, but if they actually make a run to the one seed, there's a chance. Uh, no, there's not a chance that he wins three in a row. It's just, it just doesn't feel like it's possible. But if the case is to be made, he's got to win the one seed. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. There, that's it's still possible despite yeah. Jamal Murray not looking like himself and Michael Porter Jr. being out and them trading a lot of their depth and and Monte Morris that that mistake, um, but they're still incredibly solid. Uh, another winner to Anthony Edwards. The Wolves are back to five hundred, so that's good news for them. They picked up two wins over the weekend over OKC and the Bulls. I mean, it was a good weekend to play the Bulls or the Raptors, let's be honest. Uh, on Sunday, though, Anthony Edwards dropped in a season-high 37 points, career-high 11 assists, Tass. And uh, he is looking a lot more comfortable with some space to play with. Uh, obviously, Cat's still out. No Rudy in some of these games. You know, Nas Reed, unfortunately, got injured too, but uh, he was doing his part. And Ant playing on the ball more. Like, him and him and Russell doing this sort of, like, tandem point guard shooting guard thing and anthony edwards i know was talking after the game like how much more he likes this right i got the ball every time i can see everything instead it was just me coming off like a screen or coming out of the corner thinking i had to shoot and now he gets to uh show off the playmaking chops here a little bit and uh yeah i mean this, these are good wins for the wolves they need to get up there in the standings and uh i love this uh i love this at least the idea of like whose team is this <laughs> Um, is it Katz or is it Anthony Edwards? I, I think it should be Anthony Edwards. And they, I, I do believe they should try and get back quite a haul for Carl Anthony Towns. But anyway, they got the victories. 150 points against the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't happen a lot in the NBA, even despite the, the point inflation that we got going on. Uh, and Anthony Edwards always obviously feels ridiculously good with that space, as you said. Uh, D'Angelo Russell also looks ridiculously cool in those jerseys. I'm sort of up and down on those City Edition jerseys with the uh, like the Tetris-looking colors on the front. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the hair, he, he looked great. Um, but, yeah, Ant needs the ball more in his hands. And that's what that's what I think he expected com- coming into this, his third season, to take that next step. And it's happened sort of uh, unorganically because Carl Anthony Towns is out of the lineup. Uh, so the ball is in his hands a ton, but it's, it has to be in there in his hands more and more. And he's making a little case for uh, the all-star game as they you know, sort of right the ship. But yeah. it's, it's up and down with that team. I believe Anthony Edwards has a weird streak going right now. 16-game streak of one steal at least a game two, which I think is the longest current streak in the NBA. I saw that stack going around there. So he's getting at it on the defensive end, at least in terms of generating these steals. They're playing the Bulls there on Sunday, which, yeah, giving up 150 points. I mean, Matador defense, as people are saying in the stream team, which it absolutely was. But uh, I like this Ant as sort of like the number one guy. Uh, And I like the ball in his hands a lot more because he can play make a little bit. Uh, Also, winner of the weekend, just to the floor, the design, of that Spurs Heat NBA Mexico City game. I love this, Tass. I thought this looked sharp. Uh, these guys playing on Saturday down there in Mexico City. 
I think there's another shot here where you can sort of see some of the design by the uh, three-point line there as Struess fires up one. Just look, just look great, Tass. I loved it. Yeah, the, the Mexican heritage on the floor, it does yeah. look cool. I think every game, I, I don't want to be obnoxious, but I think it would be a little too loud. It would be a little for, too okay, much. For every game, yeah. This is a, this is a one-off thing here. At just least. a fun time? Okay. Because yeah. yeah. it, it's sort of the colors, even though it's a totally different pattern, it, it reminds me of the Pelicans. With with the pelican within the three point arc, yeah, yeah, you know that 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 sort of uh, the the darker shade of brown to the lighter shade of hardwood, and mm-hmm. and and that that one blends in even a little more. This this hey, it's Mexican heritage. Uh, totally fine with it. Uh, I, I thought it was uh, the Day of the Dead. Uh, I thought I was watching Coco there for a sec. I mm. I loved. I I did I did like uh, a seeing it. I love down in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, absolutely popped. Uh, any other? Why, why was why was Jimmy Butler? in Mexico City there walking off with a cowboy hat. He got a gift of a, a cowboy hat. I didn't Not understand. Sure. I mean, he yeah, loves was, cowboy hats. Maybe he's, he's, he's in the Yellowstone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think somebody may have just thrown it to him, um, I guess. But uh, it, it was a gift, apparently. But I don't know if it was a gift from somebody. I, I don't know. I was just confused. I just I just thought you might know. But Any other anyway. uh, winners of the weekend? <laughs> uh, I know the Cavaliers could have been on the list here. Uh, anyone else you got? Well, I'll throw a, a quick one in here for Joe Ingles. Remember Joe Ingles? He used to play for the Utah yes. Jazz. He played for the Jazz for a, a long time, and then he was traded to the Blazers in a in a in that deal at the trade deadline. Never played for the Blazers because he tore his ACL in January while playing for the Jazz. Well, he'll be suiting up for the Milwaukee Bucks tonight for the first time. He signed in the offseason with the Bucks, and uh, he's a winner, obviously, because he's coming back. Uh, it was a long, long road to get back here. Uh, but also because I was watching the Jazz Bucks on Saturday night and I was watching the broadcast of his old team, the Utah Jazz, and they were highlighting, doing a little story on Joe Ingles and, and what he meant to their team. And uh, the, the broadcaster said that Joe Ingles is absolutely ripped right now oh. as he's gotten back into shape. And I thought, first I thought, Joe Ingles ripped? It doesn't, it doesn't, one plus one doesn't seem like, they, they got a shot of him on the bench. If he's ripped, it's not showing in his face. He doesn't have a chiseled jaw. He's just old Joe. Uh, but uh, I, I'm happy for, he's a winner because he's ripped. Uh, but also could, just because he's coming back. And um, there's a great story on The Athletic about Joe Ingles never shutting up with his new teammates. Uh, mm. the, que- the question that uh, Eric Name, writer on The Athletic, put to all his Bucks teammates was, when did you figure out Joe Ingles never shuts up? Because he's joined them just for a, a few months here, and they're all basically like, the day he walked in. Honestly, he just won't stop talking. And uh, he doesn't stop talking on the court either. And he's just seems like he's going to fit in pretty well with the Bucks. We'll see what he has physically. Yeah. Uh, but, but coming off the bench, playmaking, and being a decent defender, shooting the three ball... He's a pest as well, so I think he'll he'll fit in pretty well, and, and I'm sure he's sort of ingratiated himself into the team and the team landscape pretty well. Yes. Because yeah, it's a perfect team, and the vets, you know, making fun of each other. And, uh, yeah, like, if he's ripped, I mean, I anybody can get ripped. Uh, as Mr. TD is saying in the uh, stream team, ripped for a dad bod. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I guess so, but um, he's also a professional athlete, so he's probably ripped. But uh, I, I'm happy for... For Joe Ingles to be back. And and I like when somebody is asked about coming back from an injury and he was just extremely real about it. He said it was so hard, so hard, a lot of dark days, but uh, he is back and uh, 
he will be playing yeah, he, the uh, the Pelicans in in what is uh, our pick and payoff game a little bit later on because looking forward to Bucks Pelicans. I know it's unfortunate we don't see Zion versus the Suns, but it's kind of like Zion going up against anybody. Zion going up against Giannis tonight. Hello, uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. You uh, you watch the Bucks bench after if he does, Ingles knocks down his first three coming back from injury uh they're gonna go absolutely nuts because uh well-liked uh, teammate i think in this league and yeah nice time back so he'll make his appearance tonight and we'll see uh see how much time it takes him to uh, shake off i assume some of the rust but let's see that dad bod in action tonight let's take our first break tassie we've been positive pete's here doing our winners of the weekend but when we come back on the other side of this break losers of the nba weekend don't go anywhere This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, the boys are still here in the yard. Yes, Tass is here. We're all good. We're all good, Skates. While we have them, uh, let's go to our losers of the weekend. Uh, Why do you get us started, Tass? Uh, Let me get this one in here first because I just want to make sure we do. Because Luca played Friday night, and then he didn't play Saturday in Cleveland with just a random injury. And it sucked because he only goes to Cleveland once, and apparently Cleveland has the largest Slovenian population in North America, and I'm sure they wanted to see him play, and it just stinks that he sat that game out. So terrible, terrible stuff uh, for Cavs fans. Got to fix that. Uh, Let me give you another loser of the weekend. The Lakers. It feels weird calling the Lakers a loser of the weekend because they won two games. They beat Denver, and they beat the Wizards. They've climbed to 13-16, and but AD left that Denver game with a foot problem. He will be out a month or so with the foot injury. It's not entirely clear. It's kind of vague, uh, even though it's been basically like 60 hours since he was injured. We haven't got a a concrete report, but it's about a month. And this is a big point in the season here, Skeets. This is an inflection point. What's going to happen? AD is going to miss about 15 games. Yep. And the lineups with LeBron and four others not named Anthony Davis have not been all that good. Uh, But uh, I think if your quick solution is, hey, they have to make a trade, I don't think they could do that right now. I I don't think in this very, very key part of the season where 
the guys are working around LeBron, uh, and I'll get to the, the games and what happened this weekend. I don't think you could just throw in a new piece into that, into this very key part of the season without Anthony Davis, because you could literally lose a, you know, four or five quite easily, five or six, seven of eight even, uh, if you try and insert a new part with them going on the road here for seven of their next eight games. I don't think you mess with it. I think you try and hope you get good supporting production uh, from the guys around LeBron like they did this weekend. I, I mentioned yep. uh, the Jokic <laughs> being stopped by Thomas Bryant. Well, after Anthony Davis went down on Friday, Thomas Bryant went in and played pretty well against Jokic. He had 21 and 6, a season high in points for him. Patrick Beverly came in. He scored 10 points. A season high for him. Yeah, Patrick Beverly season high is 10 points to this season. Max Christie hit two big threes down the stretch in the fourth quarter against Denver. Max Christie is their second-round pick, but they like him. He closed against Denver, and then he closed against Washington. Westbrook had a triple-double off the bench. And this is just so much on LeBron just to get all of these guys going. And I think that everybody is playing the good soldier, and you kind of just got to roll with it. And Westbrook was even comfortable leaving the game with seven minutes left against Washington on Sunday. He was subbed out, and LeBron went with Dennis Schroeder, Max Christie, Austin Reeves and Thomas Bryant. I mean, who can create there outside of LeBron? It's got to be on LeBron. Austin Reeves did hit a couple big floaters. Yep. Hillbilly Kobe did come through, but they were up seven on the Wizards with three minutes left after a good run, a really good run without Westbrook. And they struggled to finish it, but they ended up winning uh, with a wild play. LeBron at the midcourt line, 15 seconds left, tie game. It's like the entire Wizards team went to LeBron. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. all just, they all knew, okay, this is what's happening. So LeBron tried to make a bounce pass. It hits Kyle Kuzma's shin. It's loose. LeBron hustles, grabs it, throws it to Thomas Bryant, who gets a dunk uh, to seal the win for them. I just don't think that you can make a trade. Uh, I don't, I, I think they're just got to fight and scrap with lineups like Dennis Schroeder, Max Christie, Austin Reese, and Thomas Bryant to finish games. Thomas Bryant's going to play. You got to hope. Guys like Lonnie Walker can hit a three and just chip in and bide time until Anthony Davis comes back. And and I know LeBron's tired of the questions and uh, maybe he wants a trade to happen. But um, I don't know. I'm guessing if I'm if I'm doing body language, doctor, his post game interview on the floor, and then in the press conference he was asked about it again. He walked off and he said to the reporter as he walked off, "Ask Rob Polinka those questions. Don't ask me those questions. I've had enough." Maybe he wants to trade, but do you think they can do it, Skeets? Do you think they should and could? Like right now in this, I think, really important part where they go seven of the next eight on the road. Because I think they're playing fine. They they yeah. could obviously need, use a bucket getter, but I think they're going to scrap and, and hope that <laughs> AD comes back. Yeah, the counter to that, I guess, is if they go that route, just play all these. I mean, the names you just named are crazy that it's like the guys sort of surrounding LeBron and, and can he sort of drag them to victories and can they contribute enough and play a little defense for him and, and, and LeBron. But it's like, what about the wear and tear that puts on LeBron for like, you're basically saying for the next month, you got to do it all. And, you know, and, and, that, and doing it all hopefully is like basically play 500 ball, maybe a little bit better to stay within the uh, standings and the play-in races and the playoff races and all that. It's like, does that at this year 20 uh, accumulation, you're asking a little too much. I mean, I don't know what their other options are, except lean into the, here are a bunch of our future 
first round picks and and go get you know Turner or or Heald with the Westbrook deal um, or or some other pieces. Um, yeah, does it make him more or less likely? 80s injury to to make a move. Uh, I asked that on on Twitter uh, over the weekend. A lot of people thought it was less likely because it was like, well, it's you know, then that's like that's a straight that's a that's like almost the definition of a panic trade, which usually mm-hmm. don't work out all that well. But it's uh, whether you believe getting AD back in a month or so, and you still have LeBron with those new pieces helps your chances to go deep into a playoffs. I don't know. Uh, it probably won't do anything. I just don't think the the chemistry. It's good for the chemistry. The gelling of the team doesn't really seem uh, like you can fit in a guy right here, right now. That's going to be such a key part. That's going to be essentially, hopefully, your third best player, uh, at least in the starting lineup. You know, discounting mm-hmm. Westbrook. I, I will say, I brought up the wishy washiness of how long AD is going to be out. I know everyone's. We'll say AD is. Always out. He's out for a long time. Maybe it's a good sign that it has sort of been wishy-washy and they don't know exactly how long Anthony Davis is going to be out. Um, maybe it's shorter. Maybe this weird sort of... I, I know you're already smirking there. I get it. I get yeah. it. It's Anthony Davis, but why have they just thrown this month out there when when they don't really know exactly what's wrong with his foot? I, I just feel like they just kind of threw it out there to tell everyone to shut up for a few days. Maybe it's longer, um, but I don't know. It's just, it's just not the most accurate of, of timelines, I don't think. It's either going to be shorter or it's going to be longer. That's what I have to <laughs> Okay, say. it's not going to be a month exactly. Yeah. We're here first. Uh, I mean, brutal loss for the Lakers anyway you you know slice it here. He was playing arguably the best basketball of his career. That's the disappointing part for just NBA fans, obviously for Lakers fans. Like, AD was averaging... 27 and 12 and up there in terms of like uh block leaders like over to a game and shooting 59% from the field like he was uh, he was incredible um so to take him out and replace him with Thomas Bryant and and, to, and uh you know hope that he can just hold down the middle for you I mean I don't know I don't know it's bad and and look, I want to pile on him and be like oh the guy's made of glass and like here we go again it's tough not to do that because at a certain point you're just like, look, availability, come on. It's important. It's a hell of an ability and you lack in that department. Um, but then it's just like a foot injury and it's just like, what do you, the guy's out there playing basketball. <laughs> it's like, you know, they got what tripped up there or like caught up with Jokic in, in the air and he comes out on the uh, unfortunate end of it. But it sucks. It absolutely sucks. Hey, might open up a slot for the uh, all-star starting forward position in the west um it might it might basically lock lebron yeah, in true. to another starting spot in the western conference i don't know if he's starting alongside zion or who else but i i doubt we'll at this point cad starting task if you're there <laughs> let's just keep going <laughs> uh let's go to my loser of the weekend i'll make this quick uh the indiana pacers for the first time since early november I'm talking like basically the first week in November, the Pacers record has dropped below 500. They're 15 and 16. They lost two heartbreakers over the weekend. On Friday night, the Cavs outscored the Pacers 35-18 in the fourth quarter, um, holding Indiana without a field goal in like the final five and a half minutes. So Indy blew a 13-point lead there in that final frame. That's tough. You're playing a great Cavs team, Donovan Mitchell on one. But then on Sunday, they lost to the Knicks there. Back and forth affair. A million lead changes. They had that six-point lead pretty late. And then Brunson ripped off five straight. And they couldn't get it done, too. And I bring this all up. Like, it's the Pacers, okay? 
15 and 16 at this point, my God, I would have lost a lot of money. I would have made that bet with you if you had said, ah, they'll only be one game under 500, you know, 31 games in. I'd be like, no, they won't. I thought they'd be the worst team in the league. But their issue is for the fourth time in like the last five games, they just come up short in the clutch. Uh, they've had a lot of leads with five minutes to go and they just can't seal the deal. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's being a young team, uh, you know, like so you're lacking a little experience there, having like Halliburton and Mentheran and stuff like that as your guys and Emhart even get minutes late. But they've been outscored to 75 to 47 in the last five minutes of their last five games. And one of those was a win versus the Warriors. So I'm just slipping the Pacers in as a loser of the weekend. Just coming back to earth here a little bit now under 500. Yeah, that's a good stat right there. Yeah, the Knicks uh, are grinders, and uh, I was surprised to see. Yeah, the Pacers unable to win that game on Sunday. Uh, that was a that was a rough inning. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's get to um, a couple other losers of the weekend here. Who you got? Well, Saturday this is a bit of a different one, but uh, the Grizzlies were playing the Thunder, and in the first quarter, Morant got a tech for barking at an official. It was a warranted tech. Sure. All right. Second quarter. This was strange. Strange sight here. OKC's at the free throw line, so we've got a stoppage in play. John Morant is talking to somebody in the crowd, but there's a referee in between him and the fans. The referee's standing right there. And so Morant is talking to the fans, uh, but Ray Acosta, you got to know his name. The referee is standing there. And uh, this was reported a little bit later on because it, it it was really strange to see what was happening. And then all of a sudden... The broadcast I was watching, you didn't even see what happened at all, and Morant got ejected, and it was very odd. Again, he was talking to a fan, but the report afterwards uh, from a fan who was there, and and this makes total sense, Gabe Eichard, the fan, said that uh, the fans were basically talking to Morant. Let's go. they, They were kind of trying to rile him up. Fans were encouraging him to get going, and then Morant said, Basically, a, a quote here. I'll get going, but the refs need to give me a king whistle. And so as soon as Ray Acosta heard that, he said, even though you're not directing that at me, you're telling me that the, the or you're, you're saying out loud that the officials suck. So you're gone. And uh, after the game, he was asked about it. And he said, uh, fans didn't pay to see Ray. Come to the game. And uh, I had no idea that was Ray Acosta, even though I know basically every referee in the league. But now I do because John Morant said the fans don't come to see Ray. He was walking off the floor, by the way, when he when he got ejected and he was given the heart symbol to the fans there. He said it wasn't. And the fans were it really was a very cordial discussion between him and the fans. But uh, he did say something about the ref. So I'm not sure how you feel about him being ejected there, Skeets. Well, I don't think he should have been ejected. I think Ray Acosta should have realized, still, you know, he's talking to the fans. These were Grizzlies fans, by the way, in OKC. Like, they were, like, yeah. cheering for John Morant. Like you said, hey, come on, man, let's get going. And, yeah, I guess you could argue he's belittling Acosta by saying, well, this guy, basically, like, this guy can't won't give me a call or they will not give me a call. But also, like, I'm sure you've heard a lot worse Okay, and this is the same official, I believe, that gave out like a million texts in the um, in the Bucks Warriors game. So yeah, it's it's a thin skin Acosta here. 
who just wants to like whistle everybody up. And I think it's uh, I think it's a little silly, especially him having one, and then you're throwing him out of the game. I mean, look, it was a 20 point game. Who knows what happens? But he is a superstar. People pay a lot of money for those seats and to go see a star like that. And then, yeah, they're not paying to see Ray. So John Morant's right. <laughs> that, did you see after the game there then too that John Morant from the locker room, or I should say during the game, he literally FaceTimes his dad to then go and take the phone to those fans and say, you know, it's not, it wasn't you. It's, you know, it's not your fault or anything like that. And is literally FaceTiming from the locker room with the fans who played a small part in him getting kicked out. Crazy. Well, that's hilarious. I, I did. Yeah. I know. I know he went into the locker room and started tweeting immediately. And, and but uh, I didn't know he FaceTimed. Uh, very funny. Very funny. Nobody loves Raymond. <laughs> yes, Ray Acosta. Uh, okay, I'll Ray Acosta. the weekend there. That John Moran checks up. That was weird. Weird, that weird, weird. Um, okay, and then Lincoln wrapped this up, Loser of the Weekend. I almost don't even want to do it because what's there no. to say at this point? I know the stream team has been going nonstop about the Chicago Bulls and the Toronto Raptors. Once again, I believe that's two weeks running uh, as big Losers of the Weekend. Uh because they're both garbage teams right now, Tass. I don't know who's worse. I don't know who's <laughs> in a worse spot. Who's more likely to make a move here at the deadline? Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on either the, either of these teams and their and their weekend performance because it was uh, not great. Oh, you're gonna make me talk about them. I, I will say, um, I, I think the Raptors are a little bit more surprising that they're playing this poorly defensively especially like on the the game against the warriors where pool looked ridiculously good he looked so great um when he's he's able to to have the touch of going into the lane and throwing it way off the top of the backboard and in and he going into the crowd into the into the front row of jurassic park essentially and, and calling it his town or whatever he was saying i mean yeah. he, he looks great so I, I i did want to give him a little bit of love but the Bulls' defense, you can expect to be Matador defense, as we called them a little bit earlier on. This this losing streak for the Raps is unexpected. It's rare. It doesn't happen very often. And the way the defense is two steps behind, it's you could see every play coming. You could see the Warriors moving the ball on Sunday night, and you could see how slow the Warriors were. And I, it doesn't matter if... They're playing up against a great center, as you mentioned earlier. Like they could handle Joel and Bead in years past, even if they're playing three, six, nine guys on their front line, even if they're, you know, Siakam or OG is their center. They scrap and they fight and they find find a way, but now is uh, it's it's odd. And I think that even the more worrisome part, the defense is number, well, I shouldn't say the more worrisome part. Defense is worrisome. The Pascal, what's going on with Pascal is also a little bit worrisome because he kind of. He props up their offense, but right now he's not looking confident and he's he's lost that MVP touch that he had in the first month of the season before he got injured. He just looks totally different. But we'll see. Like, I know people that are fans of blow it up, blow it up, blow it up. Well, here's two teams you can have a field day with. Uh, or at least the idea. These are pivot points for both these teams this part of the season, though. And what I mean by that is you make a trade to, like, try and salvage the season and turn it around and some injection of new players and some new energy and moving uh, maybe where you have too many position players for a different position players or whatever skill you need for your teams to hopefully make a run, whatever that means, play in playoffs, or you lean into 
the this season is a bit of a loss. Let's, in the Bulls' case, try and keep our top four pick, which is top four protected. Otherwise, it's going to the Magic. Raptors obviously moving off pieces if they wanted to to get another pick to pair with Barnes. Like, this is a hell of a decision for both of these front offices to make. This is shocking. It's shocking what's happened to Pascal uh, offensively because you're getting some some solid Fred games and uh, what's happened to the defense even more so. That That's got to be worrisome why the effort isn't there, why they're behind every play. I'll talk to you in the stream team here as I know a lot of you were especially going in on the Bulls, um, how they need to trade some of – like it's th- that one – the Raptors are in a lot more of these games. I think they, you know, obviously haven't traded uh, as much of their future picks and stuff like that too. So they're in a better, uh, better situation with the, their war chest of what they've got to, to to move if they want to, or pieces and stuff like that. The Bulls are down very bad right now. I don't see how it uh, it's going to get better with this current roster and no Lonzo Ball, you know, in the foreseeable future here to help on the defense end and stuff like that. So. It's um, it's rough. Yeah, everybody's saying uh, Tash should blow up his Wi-Fi. Hey, say it to my face! Yeah, blow everybody, up your Wi-Fi. Everybody, yeah, we should blow up my Wi-Fi. It is a weird one. Really weird, really weird night here. Yeah, it's it's rough for me. It's rough for the reps. Uh, the effort level, it's got to come back. It's got to come back someday. Uh, everybody's got to be down. The defense is, is really worrisome to me. That I, I 100% agree with that because... We always knew the Raptors were going to struggle to score. They don't have a lot of shooting. You know, there's not there's not a uh, a ton of playmaking. I mean, Van Vliet is an undersized guard. You're hoping the three's on. He'll attack, attack, attack. I get all that. Siakam, sure, amazing to start the season. He's hit a bit of a rough stretch here. He's like fallen into some bad habits. I think in terms of his shot selection. I feel at the start of the year he was more like face up, looking at the net feeling comfortable stepping into that jumper and has gone back to like this back to the basket spinny Siakam a little bit. So I don't love that. But anyway, we knew the offense was going to be tough, but you could always count on the Raptors defense, keeping them in games, winning them a lot of games, being a nightmare. Nobody wants to play them all this length, all this switchability. And it's not there. I mean, it's, uh, it's not as bad as the Bulls, but it's it leaves a lot to be desired, and they need a center that can play for them inside. It's it's bad for both of these teams. It's disappointing because a lot of people were, of course, higher on both these squads. It stinks. Yeah, they they make up for the 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 lack of a center when they're scrapping. You know, uh, they've handled Embiid. I said it earlier. I was frozen, but, but they've handled Embiid with a, with multiple six nine guys because mm-hmm. they are that good defensively but uh yeah they're in a true rut why they're they're so behind defensively and then they're getting monster games from some guys uh Mm -hmm. but uh the pascal situation is 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 odd i think offensively too but um man there's there's really no answers uh (laughs) it's gotta come it's gotta come from within to play defense uh but yeah that that's the more strange part the strange part yeah rather than I, the offense yeah they're look okay you're miss, they're missing their best defender we we get that in og but that shouldn't mean you they just fall off a cliff here and they were not like elite even with og in there it's it's uh i don't know if it's because of their 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 makeup of their team and nurse the way he wants his defense to operate um that it wasn't matching or whatever or why the effort's not there are they pointing fingers? Are the rumors even with this team surrounding this Raptors team about like, 
oh, they got to make a move. They got to make a move. Is that getting to these guys? I, I don't know. But I'm just happy Trey's not here to say that the Raptors should make a trade for uh, Vucevic. I am happy <laughs> he's in Chicago with his family for the holidays, and I don't need to hear him try and convince me that the Raptors should make a move for Vucevic. That I'm happy about. <laughs> um, and on that note, uh, let's take our final break. When we come back, pick them results from Friday night, and we got a fun uh, tweet of the night. Don't go anywhere. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's start wrapping this up. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we sent Tass to the showers early, him and his shitty Wi-Fi. We don't know what's <laughs> going on. And uh, we've subbed in Jerome here, who's uh, – producing this and is going to have to stitch this together and we're, somehow we're going to have to figure this out um you know e- even portugal had to bench ronaldo so <laughs> it's uh, you have to make the tough calls sometimes but we have one c block to get through and we'll get through this that's exactly right no problem i love this uh comment here in the stream though stream team from uh, catatonic one i don't think tass is going to watch any nba on league pass today <laughs> yeah could be difficult could be difficult it's, it's a day where we might not blame the app Yes, yeah. that's good. It's a good point. It's a good point. Um, all right. I also liked everybody during that break trying to figure out, especially when we were talking about the Raptors and the Bulls, when does it go from a rut to a ditch that your Oof. team is in? And then when does it go from a ditch to a shallow grave? And then I would say, when does it go from a shallow grave just to six feet under, rest in peace? That's the season. I like that. Rut to ditch to shallow grave to deceased. Ruts and ditches, I think, need to occur around the trade deadline, and then yes. graves are off season. Like that is. Oh, oh. I, I think that's where that happens because that's when we're able to like really hold funerals, really <laughs> start right. anew. Um, or um, I mean, for for those uh, religiously inclined, I guess Easter could be our grave where we find our yeah. resurrection. It's yeah, works yeah. out well. I mean, people were saying that the Wizards are like in a shallow grave right now, which, mm. uh, you know, I'm not going to argue. It's like uh, you're in a match versus like Undertaker at like a SummerSlam or something like that. He's got you in like the fake grave. Yes. He hasn't put the yeah. dirt on you yet, but you're, yeah, yeah. you're in there. 
Um, all right, great. Uh, pick them results. Friday night, very quickly, uh, I had the Blazers. Tass had the Blazers. L for us. Trey had the Mavericks. They were cover, uh, They had to cover three and a half points, and they did. That was a big blowout victory for the Mavs. So tonight's game, and this is fun, Jerome is filling in for Trey all week long. You are making picks for TK. I'm feeling like, power right? hungry, apparently. Yeah. I'm replacing JD's head. I'm taking over for Tass. I'm picking for Trey. Uh, it's, it's asking a lot for Monday. <laughs> Day no, tom- tomorrow's show will just be a one-man Jerome show. I mean, I'm just going <laughs> to take the rest of the week off at this point. Um, so, yeah, we're showing everybody here on YouTube, but for you podcast listeners, tonight's game, it's the Bucks pelicans Tass was teasing it earlier. Hopefully you caught that part of Tass talking. Uh, Milwaukee, they're the favorites here by one and a half on the road. But uh, myself and Jerome acting mm-hmm. as Trey taking the Pels with that point to play, Tass taking the Bucks with Ingles coming back. I think that's got Tass pumped up. Uh, any reasoning, Jerome, that you're taking the Pels? Um, well, this is my first pick so I, I think there's like a little strategy going on. I feel like I need to keep lined up with you. Okay. Like okay. we go uh, in the same direction. Sure. Um, but also at the same time, too, the, the Pels are playing at home, and you got to love a Pels at home right now. Yep. I feel. Got the great I, home I've, crowd. You know? So, uh, like looking at their last five games, like not the best road team, but home is where it's at, and... Uh, they've been surprised some big teams. Like, we already know what happened with the Suns. Um, and I don't know. I think they could surprise the Bucks here. Should be a good one. And uh, we'll hopefully have Tass back tomorrow to talk about on, <laughs> uh, on the No Dunks podcast here and live on YouTube. I, at least doing this right now, you jumping on, has confirmed that it's not on my end or I believe on your end because we're, this seems pretty flawless. So. I think, yeah, uh, yeah no, no, I'm hearing what you're saying. You're hearing what I'm saying. Yes. We can see each other pretty clearly. Uh, we're hoping the stream team can see us just as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we All think right. we've at least, we're, we're 100% convinced uh, of the Live issue. Live troubleshooting we'll hopefully... right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Let's get to uh, Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Because, uh, well, I tweeted it, and I wanted to slip it into today's show. That's the only reason, really. Um, Tyrese Halliburton, last night, once again rocking the Home Alone shoes. You see Kevin there on the side. I love, 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 love the newspaper Wet Bandits escape. It's, it's a good escape, teaser uh, to the other side because... Exactly, and I think we have a photo of that, too. We're uh, showing everyone here, if you're listening to the podcast... Halliburton's kicks home alone. I mean, this nice baby blue with uh, incredible portraits of Kevin on one side and then the wet bandits themselves on the other side. Uh, what do you think of these, Jerome? Are you a fan of this? I, I mean, it, it's speaking exactly to our generation of like millennial, late millennial, home alone to classic Christmas film. Uh, we were discussing pre-show, how much does Tyrese Halliburton really know about home alone Two and its references? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, well, it's such a classic it's film a classic. that there's no doubt he has mm-hmm. watched it and is aware of it. But like, yeah, he's he did not like how old is he? I mean, he, we uh, read he was born eight years after its release. Is that right? <laughs> I think that's correct, yeah. which sounds insane to say out loud because Home Alone doesn't feel that old to me. Like, no, that. no. Yeah, because it's timeless. Yeah. And um, and I was thinking, like, if he continues this tradition of Home Alone, uh, shoes around yep. Christmas. We need a beat reporter inside the locker room interviewing him with one of these. Oh, with the talk boy. That's with a the great talk call. boy. I think I think that's key at that point. And then if they can, you know, 
if anyone remembers the talk point, change the pitch afterward for any of the interviews. Either talk, have him talk really slow motion or like a chipmunk. I think that would be great. Wow. Now here, so here, here's the way we test his actual knowledge of Home Alone. Somebody mm-hmm. shows up with that in the scrum after the game and just That's see what it. he does. Right. My gut says he doesn't do anything. I don't even think he realizes it's a talk book from right, yeah. like, the reference to the movie, I think. Well, like, I'm just thinking just because, like, working on the production and knowing, like, the boom mics, what a wonderful visual to have someone's hand, like, reaching all the way in in front of everyone with this handheld device that records on a cassette, if we can even find those anymore. I love it. Yeah. I mean, people are making fun of me here, uh, Squarehead, <laughs> uh, that Home Alone, this is blowing my mind, I'm not going to lie. Home Alone is... Over 30 years old. Yeah. That sounds crazy to me. Yeah. No, I was uh, I was out 90- this weekend with some friends uh, at a throwback night, and we're talking like 2000, 2010s as our throwbacks. Yeah. 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 We're, we're old. You're right. Squarehead, we're old. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, somebody also saying they've never seen Home Alone? That's amazing. Ooh. I mean, I don't have like a lot of like Christmas movies like I have to see every year, but you know, put me down for a Home Alone viewing. It's a great rewatch still. still it's a good back to back, you know? Oh, it's good. And you, you love Home Alone too, you said. I'm a big Home Alone 2 person. It is wow. really weird to, well, I, I think it's like, again, the talk boy and all those like added elements like really hit back on the nostalgia. It is weird that there is that one scene that Donald Trump just shows up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> CBC here in Canada actually cut it out. Cut. Which is serious? Pretty, which is pretty incredible if they actually did that. That's pretty wow. Funny. Yeah. Or is that just like an urban legend going around that uh, they've yeah. cut it out? Someone will have to do the research for us because okay. it's not us. <laughs> no, no, no. We got a lot more on our plane, as you can yeah. tell. Uh, in fact, we're going to call it there. That mm-hmm. is tweet of the night. That's the Monday edition of the No Dunks podcast. Apologies to everyone joining us live here on YouTube or watching later on YouTube. Look, it happens from time to time. We haven't been in the yard here in a while, so we're having some Wi-Fi connections there with Taz, but we'll try and figure it out tomorrow. And, uh, you know, Jerome's just got to, like, now put in 10 hours of work to make this uh, (laughs) a flawless podcast. All you podcast listeners are going to be like, what's the big deal? It sounds perfect. Uh, So uh, good luck with that, Jerome. Thank Uh, you so much. (laughs) And uh, we will see everybody tomorrow live at 10 a.m. Eastern. So join us then on YouTube. Hit the like button. Make sure you subscribe. Leave us your uh, five-star ratings and reviews if you're a podcast listener. And we will see you guys tomorrow. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. I mean, Jerome, you've done everything here today. Do you have a a final quote to play the role of Tass? Yeah. Uh... May your Wi-Fi be strong. May your uh, Ethernet cables be hardwired in. And hopefully we see Tass tomorrow. (laughs) There it is. Embrace the day, people.